Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Hebrews chapter 12. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read this chapter, we pray that we would be encouraged not to give up. We pray that we would persevere through the tough times, that we would endure, and that we would have that view looking forward, realizing the end of our journey. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, putting aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us, let us run with patient endurance the race that has been set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the originator and perfecter of faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider the one who endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary in your souls and give up. For you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood as you struggle against sin. And have you completely forgotten the exhortation which instructs you as sons? My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, or give up when you are corrected by him. For the Lord disciplines the one whom he loves, and punishes every son whom he accepts. Endure it for discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, in which all legitimate sons have become participants, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had our earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Will we not much rather subject ourselves to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a few days, according to what seemed appropriate to them. But he does so for our benefit, in order that we can have a share in his holiness. Now all discipline seems, for the moment, not to be joyful, but painful. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness for those who are trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your slackened hands and your weakened knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame will not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with everyone and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Take care that no one falls short of the grace of God, that no one, growing up like a root of bitterness, causes trouble, and by it many become defiled that no one be a sexually immoral or totally worldly person like Esau, who, for one meal, treated his own birthright. For you know that afterwards, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, because he did not find an occasion for repentance, although he sought it with tears. For you have not come to something that can be touched, and to a burning fire, and to darkness, and to gloom, and to a whirlwind, and to the noise of a trumpet, and to the sound of words, which those who heard begged that not another word be spoken to them, for they could not endure what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. And the spectacle was so terrifying that Moses said, I am terrified and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, 
to the heavenly Jerusalem, and tens of thousands of angels to the festal gathering and assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of righteous people made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks better than Abel's does. Watch out that you do not refuse the one who is speaking, for if those did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns from heaven, whose voice shook the earth at that time. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now the phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of what is shaken, namely, things that have been created, in order that the things that are not shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving an unshakable kingdom, let us be thankful, through which let us serve God acceptably with awe and reverence. For indeed, our God is a consuming fire. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. In chapter 11, the Hebrews writer gave many examples of people from the Old Testament who lived by faith and did hard things because of their faith. So at the beginning of this chapter, he applies that for us, starting the chapter with the word, therefore. He uses the metaphor of a race, and it seems that this is not a sprint, but more like a marathon. So we need to throw off the weight of sin that will slow us down and trip us up. And we need to keep our eyes forward on Jesus. Jesus is basically the last and greatest of the faith examples. The writer says Jesus is the originator and perfecter of faith. Because he was willing to go through the suffering of the cross and sat down at the right hand of the Father. The writer says his readers haven't got to the point of dying like Jesus did in their struggles. Then he explains suffering as discipline from God. Discipline is not just punishment for sins. It is learning to do hard things. A good father will train his children to do hard things. So he says, God is training us through suffering. And that proves that we are children of God, because God knows how to train us and is doing it for our good. It isn't fun for the moment, but it will work toward the good end of righteousness. Then the writer moves into a warning section. We need holiness. In this context, it is in contrast with bitterness, which I think is talking about trouble between people. He also adds sexual immorality and worldliness. That is chasing after the pleasures of sex or the pleasures of physical things. He gives the example of Esau, who gave up his blessing for a meal. It was a terrible trade, but the meal was immediate while the blessing was far off. So if we chase after sexual immorality or worldliness, it is very short-lived, while holiness leads to seeing Jesus forever. But it is not immediate. He says, We haven't come to Mount Sinai where the law was given to Moses, and it was terrifying. But to Mount Zion, to Jerusalem, not physical Jerusalem, but spiritual Jerusalem. He paints a beautiful picture of spiritual Jerusalem with all of the holy angels and righteous people and Jesus. So the warning here, is if people who refuse the law of Moses were punished, and we are being given something much greater, then we had better not refuse this. 
The writer quotes from Haggai, where God says he's going to shake things once more. So, compared to the shaking of Mount Sinai, there's going to be an even greater shaking when all of the physical things will be shaken. But we will be given an unshakable kingdom. So, let's be living that way, he says. He ends with this final warning, verse 29. For indeed, our God is a consuming fire. And now for a deeper dive. The Hebrews writer makes a great point about suffering. It is God training us. We tend to want to pray that God will take away any suffering, that he would make our lives easier. The Hebrews writer says that if we don't go through any suffering, that must mean we are illegitimate children, that God isn't our Father and doesn't love us. The fact that we suffer shows us that God does love us and is training us. Some people have the idea that we can get to the point of perfection here on this earth, that at some point we will have arrived, that we can get to the point of spiritual retirement, where we can just sit back and rest on our accomplishments. But the Bible never indicates that. In this life, there is no retirement. The rest is future, beyond this life. This life is training. Or this life is a race. It would be silly for a runner to sit down and relax before crossing the finish line. Worldly people think that life is about making things comfortable for themselves, so they chase pleasure. The Hebrews writer, and really the whole Bible, says that we should be working for a spiritual future. Our pleasure on earth isn't what matters. So, the question for us is, is our perspective short-term or long-term. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012 Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.